Welcome to Making Lemonade. I'm Wit. And I'm Kels. And we started this podcast to bring connection and support to this community. We know that every single person goes through tough situations in life. And we wanted to help share stories of those situations to help others not feel so alone. We are not therapists or doctors. Our opinions are our own. The opinions expressed by the guests on each episode is their own and doesn't necessarily share our same views. You can find information and resources shared by each guest in the episode notes or on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for listening. On today's episode, we talk with Sammy, and Sammy tells us about her 12-year-old son, Drake, who earlier this year took his own life because of a bully. Um, This, I feel like, just hit so close to home. They're from Utah. I have kids. I mean, Drake's like kind of the same age as my sons Mm -hmm. and Bane. Yeah. And it's just hard to hear that someone thinks their life isn't worth it because of somebody else's words. Yes. I remember like the day I was on Instagram Mm -hmm. and I saw everyone's post share this post about it and your heart just breaks because any death, your heart breaks, right? Yeah. But a child, like that young of a child who felt like that was his his answer or whatever, you know, it's just, and to listen to Sammy again, just talk, tell her story and walk through everything. And he, I mean, Drake just sounds like this amazing kid and he just had compassion for his bully which breaks your heart even more yes um anyways I just I wish she was here because I would have loved to hug her and just I don't know she was she was amazing is amazing she is incredible and she's doing amazing things um to honor her son Mm -hmm. she has a foundation they do these kindness bags she's going to tell you all about those um, check them out. Give them some support. We'll post all the resources in the show notes or check us out on social media. But um, yeah, our hearts just go after her because no kid should have to die, nope. you know, Not for it. this reason or for any reason, yes. but especially because of a bully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I just, yeah, let's all just, you know, be kind. I don't think we can say that enough. Apparently, just be yeah. kind to one another. Be kind. Hi, Sammy. We're so honored you agreed to come on our podcast today and tell us about your son, Drake. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Good. Why don't you tell us kind of where your story begins? Um, Our story began about a year ago. Um, Our son was having some issues with a kid at school. Um, Just some, just some normalized at first. It was kind of just some unkind things that that was going on and um we would address the situation and um go to the school and talk to the school and um it started to become more repetitive um in certain things that that this kid would do um to a couple of different kids um it it started with um with drake's best friend and he he would pick on drake's best friend and um drake came home from school crying one day and he, he wouldn't tell me at first and, um, I had to sit him down and, and kind of pry it out of him. But after, 
a good 15, 20 minutes of coaxing, he, he told me that his friend had come to him and said that, um, that he didn't want to live anymore and that he was, he was struggling with this kid bullying him and, um, and Drake didn't know what to do. And it, at first it was more important that he kept, um, this kid as a friend than to tell, to tell somebody kind of what was going on and what was said and what he was thinking. And, um, so after sitting him down and talking to him for a little bit, I, I let him know that, um, sometimes at this point, his life was more important than being Drake's friend. Um, and, and it would all work out how it was supposed to work out. And, um, so the next day Drake went to school and, um, talked to the assistant principal and told the principal, the assistant principal, what was going on and, um, what his friend had said. And, um, they were able to get a hold of the parents and got him some help. And, um, and then kind of from there is where everything started to, to escalate because after this, it, Drake became the target. So he took all of, um, what his friend was going through and put it on him. Um, it started out kind of verbal stuff here and there for a while. Um, and then, um, nothing too extreme, the end of his sixth grade year and then summer hit and, um, everybody kind of goes their own ways for the summertime. Well, we noticed maybe mid July of 2021, um, Drake developed extreme, extreme anxiety. Um, it hit him like it hit him fast and it hit him like a brick. And, um, so we, we got him some, we got him in and got him talking to somebody and we got him in with his pediatrician and they did a full, um, mental health evaluation on him and, um, had diagnosed him with severe anxiety with, um, panic disorder, which was completely new to us because he's, that's, that's not Drake. Um, and so from there, um, we, we got him talking to somebody, we got him on some medication. Um, and then it, it started to increase a little bit as school started and, um, he got to the point where he would, he would call me from school multiple times a day and he needed to know where I was and he needed to know I was safe and that his dad was safe and that his sisters were safe all the time. And he didn't like to go places. He didn't want people to come to our house. Home home to him was his safe place. And so for him to invite anybody into our, our home um, was a big deal. He had very, very few friends that he, select few friends um, that he would invite over. He had a lot of friends, um, but very select few that were, that he would allow like into our home. And um, school kind of went on. I would ask him how things were going with this kid. He would tell me the same old thing. And at first it started out with the whole snitches get stitches um, thing. And so it was kind of hard to pry some things out of him. And then um, we noticed something started to kind of get physical. And at that point um, we would contact the school and um, a couple different occasions where this kid was suspended. And then um, he kind of started to get more. I feel like we thought things were starting to get a little bit more normal, I guess, towards the end of the year. Um, and I think what was happening was every time that, that this kid would get punished, 
or get suspended and then he'd come back to school, there was a kind of a retaliation of events that would go on. And um, at that point, then Drake started to get quiet and there were things going on that he, he chose not to tell us because he wanted to protect obviously himself, I guess. And um, this, this other kid so that he wouldn't get in trouble. Um, fast forward to the week, everything kind of the events that led up to everything is uh, Monday. He had came home with a black eye. My husband had asked him what was going wrong or what was going on. Um, he said that he was playing with the dog and the dog had hit him in the face. And, um, which we have like a 160 pound puppy. So that's a thing. And, um, after that he had, and they just kind of let it go. And then I got home from work and, um, noticed the same thing. And I asked him and it was the same story. I was playing with Carl and he got me with his paw and I was like, Oh, okay. Um, my daughter took him to basketball later that night and, um, he had told her what had really happened. And he just said, don't, don't tell mom and don't tell dad. So Tuesday came along and, um, when Tuesday happened, my daughter was in her room and asked me to come into her room. And so I went in there and she, she was kind of upset and she said that she was worried about Drake. And I, I had asked her why, and, um, she told me about his eye and, um, what had really happened and he had gotten hit in the face in the bathroom, um, by this kid. And, um, he didn't want me to know because he didn't want me to tell the school because he didn't want it to get worse. And so I, I stirred around with it for a little bit. And then later on in the evening, I sat, I brought Drake out and sat him down on the couch and we had a conversation. And in the conversation I asked him, um, I told him that, um, my daughter had told me what had happened. And in this, um, in this conversation, I, I just told him, I'd, I'd asked him a, a bunch of questions on how he was feeling, how his emotions were, um, if he would ever, if he would ever think about hurting himself, if, um, and all, all the hard questions that as a parent, it, as a parent, you, you don't think to ask, but you need to. And, um, and he just told me, no, he's like, no, absolutely not. I would never do something like that. And, um, I said, do you promise? And he said, I pinky promise. And, and then we just called it our night and everybody went to bed. And the next morning, um, we got up, I got him up for school and, um, I left for work. I got a phone call from my husband about 8.30 p.m. while I was at work and um, he was a, he was in a panic and he told me what had happened and, and um, that Ms. Shaley had our middle daughter had had found him and that they had done CP they, they were they were doing CPR and they were working on him. And all I remember is screaming through the phone if he was okay. And 
at the time, he couldn't tell me. And and he was in shock. And the it took the it took the paramedics a good 15, 20 minutes to get his heart beating again. And while I was on the phone with him, they yelled from the door that, that his heart was beating and that they had that they'd gotten a heartbeat. And so as a mom, you become so hopeful as a parent in general. And I'm in West Jordan, they're in Tooele, and I'm trying to figure out, like, what do I do? Where do I go? And so I made the decision to, to start, start my, my trek to primary children's and, um, because that's where life light was going to take him. So I, I, got in my car I had to stop and get gas and um I drove my way up to the hospital and on the way to the hospital it's I have a hundred thousand things going through my head and and all these questions because of the conversation I just had the day before and I got it to the hospital and I got there just before life light did. And so they walked me into the, to the emergency room and I got to see them as they wheeled him in. He had a, he was blue. He was lifeless. Um, his heart was beating on its own. And um, just a few minutes after that, his dad came and um, he was distraught. And he, all he kept saying was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I hugged him and I just told him that he saved our boy so that I could see him. <sighs> they took him in and they, they did a, a CT scan and his poor little brain was, was pretty swollen and um, they got us up, settled, finally settled up in our, our room up in the ICU and um, Andy had gone downstairs. We had a bunch of family that was outside waiting and um, he went down to talk to them. And while I was up there, I, you hear all these horror stories of these kids that are on life support and, um, and all the false hope and that. And so I had, I, we had, I was helping him clean Drake off and I, the nurse stepped out for a second and I just, I gave him a hug and I had my arms around him and I just put my hand, my mouth on his ear and I just told him I needed his help. That I needed him to help me make a decision because I couldn't wait a week and then take him off of life support. So I needed him to make that decision for me. Um, we had a pretty s stable few hours. Um, he was blinking really bad. And so they came in and put a, a monitor on him to do an EEG to make sure he wasn't having seizures. And, um, 
things weren't matching up to to it being a seizure, and so they they thought that maybe he was just dreaming. And um, as the morning as it came into morning, and um, we started to to slowly notice some things, and you know his blood pressure would kind of slow down, and his kidney function was was kind of starting to fail, and so we knew at some point something was going to happen and we didn't, we just didn't know when. Um, the doctor hadn't been into had the hard conversations yet. We hadn't discussed DNR. We hadn't discussed all the hard things. And um, about eight ten, we were in, um, the nurses were in there. They were doing their assessment. We we're just checking in there, checking in and we were just talking. And at that point, his heart rate went from 146 to 30. And um, the nurse yelled if they were going to save him, they needed to do it then. And my my first reaction as a mom is to save my boy. And so she jumped up on the table and she started doing CPR. And the doctor looked at us and she just grabbed our arms and she's like, if he makes it, he will not be the same. And so I pushed, literally, I pushed this poor nurse off the table. And I climbed up on the table next to him. And I put my hand on his heart. His dad on the other side, and we just held him. And it took him, took him about 10 minutes. And um, we laid there with him until until we called it and he passed away at 8 22 in the morning so um sitting in um the, the hospital with our girls and, and drake and we're talking about him and we're talking about stories and all of his quirks and everything and um and his kindness and like his love for people and his sisters were just like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to finish this and we're going to keep going and we're going to do it for Drake. And that's where the hashtag do it for Drake movement movement um, came to be. Wow. And so um, Drake, Drake is a human being was what empathy truly means like from the day that that kid was born he had a love for people um he never had stranger danger um he never like never he would wander off and talk to anybody or go with anybody and as, as a mom when they're that little it freaks you out a little bit but uh, he's also the third kid so you're a little bit more lenient um but he, he would. He just loved people. He loved to, to know people. He loved to know their stories. He liked to ask questions. He, anytime we'd go to a park, he, anybody, if it was a homeless person, anyone, he had, um, he was obsessed with Pokemon and Pokemon cards. And so he'd give Pokemon cards to strangers and, um, and homeless people out on the streets or in the grocery store. Because at that point, in their mind, by him giving them that, that they knew that one person, one kid wanted to know them and wanted to love them. And um, 
he did it all the time. And he would he would do he'd do quirky things and stuff at the at the grocery stores where he would um take invisible ink and he liked to spray random people with it and to the point where I was like, Buddy, you're gonna get us kicked out of the store. And he's like, But they'll think it's funny. And I'm like, I don't know if they will. Or stickers. He'd take stickers to the store. And he would do the same thing. He'd just put them on people or um because he thought that he just wanted to see somebody smile. And um he was that way his whole entire life. And so through him we we carry on his legacy. We care now I don't go squirting people at Walmart with invisible ink because I don't think <laughs> that it would be as funny if I'm doing it. Um but I I've handed out Pokemon cards and on the Pokemon cards we put the hashtag do it for Jake. And um it's his other big thing was um he liked to he was obsessed with the claw machine. It, the stores. It doesn't matter what store or what the claw machine had in it. He was obsessed with it. And so we take, we'll take that. Um, I literally will ask moms if I can give their, their kid a, a dollar bill to go put it in the claw machine. I love that. He sounds like an amazing kid. He Definitely, definitely he was. <laughs> he was my best kid. My girls know. Wow. What an incredible legacy he's left behind. Um, tell us more about Do It For Drake. So you ha- there was a hashtag started. I feel like as soon as everyone found out about Drake, it went crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of Utah knew about Drake. They knew about you. They knew about, um, you know, just being bullied and causing suicide like this it just seems so unfair how did that affect you and your family I mean immediately you guys had all this attention on you you had just lost your son um how did you guys handle all of that um it's definitely it's it's been overwhelming so the day that the day after Drake passed um actually it was like the night morning after ish, like two o'clock in the morning. Um, I had written my post, my Instagram post. And um I was very in it, I made sure I was very raw and I was very um truthful. And um after I wrote it I, I sat there for another hour and a half and I was like, do I do I really want to post this? Because the pictures that I had posted were they were raw pictures and they were um, they were vulnerable pictures and, um, I had just, I thought about it and thought about it and I thought about it and I'm like, bullying is such a big deal and suicide is such a, it's such a stigma that people don't want, families don't want it and they don't want to be labeled as it. And having the two combined into one And the fact that my son was only 12. I shared it. At the bottom of my post, I put hashtag do it for Drake. And um, and I shared it. 
And I only had at the time, like, I had like 600 friends, like just people that I went to high school with, um, people that I knew from, from church and people like just, just like my people. Um, and when I woke up the next morning, my goodness, I can't, I can't even describe. Um, I, unfortunately my, my, um, my Instagram was public at first. Um, cause I didn't really have random people that would add me. And when I woke up the next morning, I had like 120,000 followers in a matter of like six hours. And, um, I, I didn't know what to do. And my first thing was, is I don't, I don't know what they're looking for. Yeah. Uh, and message, I, I still have messages that I, I haven't been able to, to go through all of them. And, um, sometimes when I'm just laying here in bed, I'll, I like go through them and, um, I feel bad that I'm responding to them six months late, but I'm like, some of them are very, very touching. A lot of them are just, they just want to know that they just want me to know that they're there. And, um, it, my girls were kind of the same way. Luckily their, um, accounts were, were both, I think they were both, everybody's was public because my, my daughters ended up having, um, like 11,000 plus followers and I made them automatically, um, put theirs on private because, um, I needed to protect them. Even though there was already so many people that, that had, um, were already in there. But, um, like I said, it's been, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. Um, I'm a, I'm a pretty private person in like my personal life. And, um, if you, my Instagram previous to Drake, a lot of it is, I, I, well, the one thing is I shared my kids with the world, um, all their accomplishments. Being a mom is, was, is, it's the best part of me. And so, um, to share him with the world now is, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. If it, if it can change a kid or if a kid can see him and, um, and just know that the kind of kid he is and with the do it for Drake foundation, we, we pushed it away from Drake as a, as a person and, um, moved it into what he stood for as a person. Um, what he, what he stands for now. And it's kindness and empathy. And so with that, that's, we go forward, we've, we've gone forward with, with teaching that and um, providing resources for schools and for kids and parents where, where kids can have a safe, school needs to be a safe place. And um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways where kids can get bullied, whether it's through social media, whether it's at school, whether it's at church, whether it's at a sports team, like, they can get it it happens anywhere and so it's um it's teaching them to to be able to know their worth and to to be able to stand up for themselves and um and to even though these bullies can be so mean and so relentless but to know that that somewhere in this in a bully's life they're in the same spot somebody has taught them to be unkind 
or someone is being unkind to them and not allowing them to to open up and, and be themselves. So what's happening is it they're either resorting to online and doing it to other people or at school where where they that's their only outlet. Yeah, I agree. I think we've all dealt with bullies in our lives, especially as parents with our kids. Um, and school is hard. The bus is hard. Um, the internet is such a scary place. Social media can be hard. Um, what's your best advice for parents that maybe are dealing with their kids being bullied? Talk to them. Letting them just, it's the, it's being open with them and allowing them to, and this goes for kids who are being bullied or maybe a parent who finds out that their kid's a bully. It's, it's just having those conversations. It's having, um, giving them a peace of mind to know that, that you're there for them, that you're there to talk to them or that you're going to fight for them. Um, if your kids, if your kids being bullied at school or if they're being bullied online, um, if you know the, the best place to start is to start at school, talk to the teachers, talk to the principal. Um, sometimes, sometimes that doesn't work. Um, if you're, if it's a parent you're friends with, it's, it's, it's all about having those conversations, have a conversation with them. If it's not going to go well, then, um, at that point, look at there's resources of maybe pulling your, pulling your child away from the situation. Um, so that that they can get away, kind of get away from um, where that stands. Tell us a little bit more about Bags Against Bullies. Bags Against Bullies is um, has probably been it's it's so fun um, with the things that we're doing with it. So we we had a a couple of guys message us on. Um, Facebook messenger. They had messaged Andy. And, um, at first he's like, I think it's some guys that I went to high school with. He's like, but they just want to get on a conference call for like 30 seconds or like 30 minutes. And so we're like, okay. Um, it ended up being not people that he went to high school with (laughs) afterwards. At first he was like, maybe it was. And then right before he's like, I don't know these people. So, um, we got on a call with them and it was, um, Dom and Andrea Puglisi and they are out of New Jersey. And um, Jared and Lisa Nash, and they're out of uh, this little town in Pennsylvania. And um, what turned into was supposed to be a 30-minute call turned into a four-hour call, um, a Zoom call between the three of us um, groups. And we talked about Drake and our story, and we cried, and we laughed, and... um, Dom and Nathan, or not Nathan, Jared, um, they are in the Cornhole Federation. Like, it's, believe it or not, it's like, it's a whole world of crazy. Um, I, when people used to ask me about Cornhole, I was like, yeah, I play in my backyard. But it's, it's a whole family. And um, they invited us to this group on Facebook that they were on. And um, and we started a, a fundraiser called Bags Against Bullies. And um, through this fundraiser, we we raised about 
$60,000. And um, with the funds with that, we created these, we created these backpacks and on these backpacks, uh, my girls and Dom and Andrea's boys and Jared and Lisa's boys all came up with a bunch of just words. All they are is just kind words. And we scrabbled them onto a, onto the back of a backpack. And, um, and through this, it's, there are kindness backpacks and, um, we've seen such a huge, huge success with, with people, with kids wearing them and we've sold them. I mean, our biggest thing is just to get them into schools. We donate them. Um, people can buy them. We do, um, like auction, not auctions, um, like fundraiser type things and stuff with them. And it's, it's really hard to be mean to a kid when he's wearing a backpack that says so many kind things, because by reading that, that first, it kind of deters all the bad. That's incredible. I'm so glad they reached out to you that I've never heard of something like that. I love it. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's blown up. Um, it's been, like I said, it's been really fun. We have some different schools across the, it's all over the United States right now, which has been amazing. Uh, they, a couple of schools like in New Jersey, they're doing uh, kindness week. And it's something that we're trying to work on a lot more here in the Utah schools where they do a week of, um, kind things and whatever grades want to participate. And then every grade that participates, we donate one bag per class. So if you have three kindergarten classes, then we donate a bag per class. And um, and the kids get a ticket every time that they do something kind. And they do it for a week. And at the end of the week, then they have a drawing. And then um, and they draw to win a backpack. And so um, it's it's been fun to, to see the pictures. And um, we're trying to put together like a, a thing for our website so that we can get it on with all the all the different kids all over, literally all over the United States that, that are wearing these backpacks and of all ages, um, high school kids, junior high kids, elementary kids. My daughters both wore them. Um, my oldest graduated this last year and, um, but she wore it the last half of her senior year. And my middle daughter is a senior this year and she, she wears it every single day. So, um, they, and she's got friends that that wear them now, and so it's just it's it's something that it's it's really good to see when you can um, walk into a school and you, as a parent, you see other kids being kind to somebody, and um, especially somebody who might have previously been bullied, and it's all because they just they see these these just these nice words, and they they don't know how at that point that they can be mean to them. If a school is interested in like signing up for something like this, this program, um, how do they go about doing that? They can contact me. Okay. Uh, the Utah, if it's, especially if it's a Utah school, um, and we can look at, at getting into it and, um, and putting it together. Otherwise there's a, if you go to it's bagsagainstbullies.com. Okay. There's information there as well. Okay. That's awesome. Cause yeah, we're just, like right over the border into Idaho. And obviously, I mean, we do like a, I don't know, a bully week type of a thing. Anyways, 
And so I just thought, this is kind of really neat. I like that. I know. I love it. Yeah. I want a bag. <laughs> right? I know. We're going to have to get on an order one. Yeah. We have, um, there's pull string bags on there as well. Oh, cool. Okay. okay. I have, I use when I go to the gym. Um, my sister, yeah, there's, there's those ones on there as well, where um, Drake's got a, all of his, all of Drake's friends have one. And they, um, they wear them to, for baseball and um, basketball and football. I they use them as so. I I just love the legacy it leaves behind. Mm-hmm. You know, like like you said, you're getting all kids of all different ages wearing these and pictures and stuff. That's kind of how I feel about like my foundation stuff. Um, or when I see Kelsey's foundation stuff, like I'll see people with Bane stuff on all the time, or like stickers on their cars or bracelets, and I'm like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. they know Bane. And the same thing for Tay, like. Mm-hmm. I saw this random car with a sticker. I don't even recognize the car. I'm like, oh my gosh, look, yeah. they know my daughter. Yes. Like, you know, and so I can't even begin to understand how proud you are. This is like nationwide and you are making a difference in so many little kids' lives, schools, classes, friend groups, etc. You know, I love that legacy that you've created for him. Yeah, and that's, that's just kind of the, the thing. Like I was never really one at first where I was like, um, before we had done the foundation stuff, I was like, I don't, you know, do I want to do a foundation for him? Like, do I want to Yeah. everybody, you know, and a lot of people are like, you need to do a, an anti-bullying law and have a law named after him. And I was like, I don't want that. He wouldn't want that. Um, and so the more, the more we would spread stuff with the, with the hashtag, I mean, and hashtag do it for Drake was just a movement. Like that's just how it started. It just started as a movement and it made worldwide. Um, I've had people, I still have people, um, that comment and write me from different parts of the world. And, um, it's, it's so amazing to see when we had Drake's viewing, we, um, we made it public and, we had a little over 800 people show up to his viewing. Wow. And um, I had people that had flown in from all over the United States. And then a couple of different from, there was a family of seven that flew in from Venezuela. Oh my gosh. And um, they, yeah, it's, it's what I'm saying. Like I went from such a, like I'm a private person and I still am. Like there's still a lot of parts about me that, that are, that'll just stay with me. Yeah. But um when it comes to, to all things, our boy, it's like, I'm an open book in, um, I've spoken a few schools and, and trying to talk to kids and kind of letting them know the differences between what, what a bullying situation is compared to what maybe somebody is just being unkind and letting kids know that there's not a, there's not a, what is it? Uh, like a stamp on a certain person to be bullied. Like you don't have to be a, a certain kind of a, like a lot of people say like nerdy kids get bullied and yada, yada. When in all reality, everybody gets bullied. And um, one of my things in, in the school that I do is I make all the kids close their eyes and I'm, and I'll ask them and you have to do it kind of on a grade by grade basis. So younger kids, um, I usually will just say, raise your hand if someone's ever been unkind to you and um 90% of them raise their hands and um i tell them to keep their eyes keep their eyes closed and keep their hands up 
And then I do the same with um, the older grades and the older grades is if somebody's ever bullied you. And um, it's, it's really different. You have to kind of touch on them differently because you don't want younger kids to, to feel like somebody who might do something not nice to them is bullying. Um, it's just to, to be able to teach them kind of the differences between those. And um, so I have them keep their hands up and keep their eyes closed. And then I tell them to keep their hands up and then everybody open their eyes. And so when they open their eyes and they look around, you know, they see somebody on the basketball team. They see a girl who they thought was super popular. They see their teachers. Everybody at some point has had a bully. And so when they see that, it makes, it brings kind of a comfort to them knowing that like, they're not the only one. It's not a secluded thing. Like it happens to everybody. And then that's where you start to, to notice that um, they'll like give each other a hug or you'll see, you'll see things happen kind of throughout the rest of the assembly that, that you didn't see before because they thought at that point it takes them out of the stereotype and makes them all equal. That's awesome. Um, I was talking to Kelsey before we started and I mean, you're not even to the one year mark and you're doing incredible things. We're just so proud of you. Um, tell us kind of like what pulls you out of your darkest moments. Like when you're in the thick of grief and losing your son and you're just feeling the feelings, like what helps you get out of bed? Um, feeling my feelings. (laughs) Yeah. I've, it's, my focus has really been on, um, making sure that, that my girls are okay. Um, getting them through, getting them through their dark. Um, our oldest daughter is having a baby. So, um, she's, she's kind of been dealing with the, uh, the pregnancy hormones on top of kind of the grieving. And so it's been a a whirlwind of emotions for her, but it's, I have to allow myself to feel everything every single day. And, um, a lot of days are good and I can, little things will remind me of Drake and I smile and, um, and then there are some mornings where I wake up and I'm like, I don't know if I can do today. And so I give myself a minute and if I'm sad right then, then I, I, I'll cry or, um, I still wake up angry. Like there's some days where I'm just so mad. Um, and through this, like I have to, um, I have to allow myself to be mad. I have to allow myself to, to get that out. Um, and that usually doesn't last very long because in the midst of me being mad, my mom heart kicks in and, and, and I think that, you know, this, this, this other kid, um, he's just a kid and like, all he needs is help. All he needs is somebody in his life to love him. And, um, and because somebody didn't and the choices that he made. We had to pay the price 
So that's that's my everyday. I just I when I'm sad, I let myself be sad, and when I'm angry, I let myself be angry. And through that, sometimes it only lasts a couple of minutes, sometimes it lasts a couple of hours, and sometimes it might last all day. And um, and it's okay because I know that that tomorrow starts over. And by doing that and being able to help my girls through their bad days and seeing their good days is what gets me through mine. Well, you are incredibly strong. You're right. We do have to feel all the fails when they come as hard as it is sometimes. Um, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us and telling us about sweet Drake and just everything you're doing to, you know, help his legacy live on. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Make sure to leave us a rate and review wherever you are listening. You can also email us at makinglemonadepodcast1 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at makinglemonade.podcast or Facebook at makinglemonadewithwitandkills. You can also find out more about my foundation, Bane's Legacy, at Facebook and Instagram at Bane's Legacy and www.baneslegacy.com. And you can find out more about my foundation. You can find us on social media at TTTuff and our website is tttuff.org.